episode two where we talk about all things Tennessee Vols. My name is Sean. My name is Chase. And today we got a lot to talk about, so let's just get right to it. So, unless you live under a rock or nowhere near Rocky Top, uh, you should know by now that Jeremy Pruitt is fired. We finally have an answer from this nightmare of an investigation, but Pruitt has been fired after three years at Tennessee. His overall record was 16-19, and 19, and when Fulmer gave him the job, he told him that he had three games that the fan base would judge him on, and that is Bama, Georgia, and Florida. And he didn't win a single time you know, during his tenure there. 0-9 against those teams. Eight of those losses were about 20 points or more. He was, fi- he was fired for cause, and multiple level one, level two recruiting violations – and nine other staffers have been fired because of this investigation. And two of the most well-known, you know, staffers are the inside linebackers coach, Brian Niedemeyer, and outside linebackers coach, Shelton Felton, along with all kinds of recruiting personnel and assistants and everything else. So this has been, you know, a nightmare to start with. And on top of that, I really think, you know, we'll get to where it started in a minute, but... That loss to Georgia State, which we paid a ridiculous amount of money for <laughs> to take an L on the chin, yeah. you know, it, it, he was fighting an uphill battle. But on top of all this, it, it's just a big mess. So I think Tennessee made the right call, obviously. But where do you think – where did this go wrong, Chase? Yeah, going into 2019, we, you know, we were pretty optimistic about the season. We knew we had a good recruiting class coming in. We had – you know, a lot of returning players that were coming back. And um, just to see them go, you know, that first game against Georgia Strait, State, in which we played uh, 950000 for them to come in and beat our tails. Um, you know, mm-hmm. after that, and then after the BYU loss, I mean, it was just, it was a, it was an uphill battle from there. But then it seems like, you know, a lot of the players really bought in after that. We we ended the, ended the year on a five or six game winning streak, brought an eight game winning streak into, into 2020 and then Pruitt got the extension as, as most people know, um, in which we thought that the, the program was on the right track. And then, you know, um, the first half of Georgia, we played really, really well, uh, terrible in the second half. And then it all went downhill from there. Um, right after that, then we found out about the investigation, uh, hiring the lawyers. And now all of that information is coming out. And it's just on top of the three and seven season that Pruitt just endured and all the players. And it was just, I think it's a, it was a tough one for him to survive. I mean, based off of fan reactions, fan uh, input to, to the university and, and just the reactions to to just the investigation, how long it took, it was going to be hard for Pruitt to survive this. And I, I, I mean, in the end, we found out that, you know, even though Pruitt wasn't directly involved uh, from what we've heard so far, that he just, all of it was too much and under his, under his leadership uh, to where that, Tennessee had no choice but but to fire him in the end. Yeah, you're right. And, you know, we, we've heard a bunch of rumors about how he's a big micromanager. He won't let his assistants do what they're supposed to do. You know, unfortunately, I don't know if we'll ever know that 100%, but it does look pretty evident when, you know, you fi- you're fire your defensive line coach yeah. in the middle of a game. It, it looks like the offense is being handcuffed by Cheney. You know, it, it's just... And that's a head scratcher for me because, 
you're paying Derek Ansley, you know, a million dollars a year. You're paying yeah, a million. You're paying Cheney what, one point five a year? One point six, I believe. Yeah. So you're paying all this money, and then you're gonna say, well, we're gonna do it my way. What's the point? Yeah. You know, what is the point of hiring these coordinators if you're gonna handcuff them? It, it just drives me insane. It's mind-boggling to me. Yeah, I think one of the one of the big things that that's going to go down is Pruitt's legacy. It was just his inability to adapt to the to the new times of of offenses winning games. You know, he's he's a defensive guy. He's a defensive coordinator coming from from multiple high level programs, from Florida State with Jimbo Fisher to or probably I think he started out with Georgia under Mark Richt and then went to Jimbo Fisher at Florida State and then uh, to Nick Saban at Alabama. So. You know, defense just runs in his blood, and he, you know, in the old times, defense did win games, and, mm-hmm. and defense was the way to go. And, and most people hired defensive coaches because, you know, if you can stop the offenses that were, you know, they were stale offenses back in the day that just, you know, it's ground and pound. But now it's, you know, running gun and spread offenses and all kinds of different offenses, and you know, they're trying to trick you and uh, tons of motion, run pass options, and. I think that's just that's going to go down as one of the things that he just didn't succeed in was was just you know not adapting and then um, essentially just the micromanaging like you said. Yeah, and you know the most frustrating part about this, especially bleeding orange like we all do, is we have mm. yet another head coaching search. You know, another setback, another rebuild. And I, I wanted Jeremy Pruitt to be the guy so bad. I, I think. I do think he's a good coach. It just I think he was learning most of his tenure here on how to be a head coach. And you, you can't have that. You know, everyone thought he was a gamble because he didn't have any head coaching experience. And, you know, it showed. You know, I felt like he was kind of all over the place trying to get his hands on everything too much. And obviously, you know, he wasn't on top of it with recruiting, making sure everybody was, you know, following the rules. So it, it's it's frustrating in that regard because we have yet another setback. Yeah, at the end of the day, I mean, he's going to go down as, you know, winning percentage-wise as one of the worst head coaches in Tennessee history behind Derek Dooley from 2010 to 2012. Oh, God. And uh, someone someone that we've never really heard of is W.H. Britton uh, all the way back in 1935, which was his only season during the year, and I think they only played, like, you know, six games or something like that. Um, so, I mean, it's a it's a tough look for him, but uh, no one prove it. I mean, he's a, he's a great defensive mind. I think he's he himself is going to be in a lot better position than than what he's going to be leaving the university in. Yeah, and you know, he's going to get a job. He's going to get a de- probably a defensive coordinator job somewhere pretty close. He might go back to Bama. Who knows? But you know, I, I'm not worried about Pruitt's career at that's point. At this point, I don't think. It's gonna be, you know, worrisome for him. Uh, he's gonna bounce back and get a job pretty quick. He's yeah. still young. He's a heck of a recruiter, and that that is one positive <laughs> thing I could say about this. And we'll get into that in a minute. I didn't mean to make a pun there, but you know, I, I do think that talent-wise, our roster is better talent-wise than it was before he got here because he came into a mess. He came into a nightmare. Oh. Yeah, whether that's him and his his coaching staff maybe cheating and. And things like that. I mean, that could be the reason that we've gotten some of these high-profile players. But even even after he's fired, a lot of our ho- high-profile players are still sticking behind him, and they're you know they're angry that their coach is is going to be leaving. And um, I think it's just it says a lot about his his relationships that he's built with with the families of the recruits and and other 
other players um, that even through the investigation and, and what we know so far that, that a lot of the players are still sticking by them. But um, we'll talk about the rosters and, and things like that later. So um, not to get too much ahead of ourselves. Yeah, yeah, you're exactly right. His players do care for him, and that's cool to see. And, you know, in, at the end of the day, it, it is unfortunate for these kids and these families because, you know, he went on these recruiting trips promising promising these recruits this, telling them we're going to turn this thing around, and now he's gone. And they, they really are the ones that, you know, suffer the most out of all this. And right now, Kevin Still has been named the interim head coach, you know, Obviously, he's got Tennessee ties. He was the head coach for a little bit, and now he just recently he was a defensive coordinator at Auburn. So, uh, what are, what are your thoughts on Still? You know, I, I think out of all this mess, I think you know it's not the worst situation. You know, it, it's better than it could be. That's for sure. Yeah, there was a few names that we thought that could be interim head coach, and you know, T. Martin being one of those with Cheney, uh, whatever. I think whenever Dooley got fired, he was the interim coach whenever that happened. So there was a couple names that, that could be the interim coach, but it's not really surprising to me that, that Kevin Steele was named the interim. Um, he was named the interim right after Gus Malzahn was fired at Auburn. And then uh, I think regardless of the situation, whether whether he is named the permanent head coach after, after this coaching search is completed, if he's named the head coach, I think that's – I mean, a little bit of of an underwhelming hire, but uh, regardless, I think he's going to be on the staff going forward, uh, whoever the next head coach is. Yeah, and you kind of hit the nail on the head with underwhelming. You know, all these hires the past 12 years have been underwhelming hires, so hopefully they'll learn from their mistakes. But, you know, it's obvious that the university kind of had this in their back pocket. You know, I feel like they saw this coming. Uh, it's weird that he got hired while we were on a hiring freeze. So I guess they made this exception for this exact scenario. Yeah. So to me, it's obvious. But is it me? Is it, is it not the most Tennessee thing ever to, one, <laughs> cheat, okay? You you cheat, <laughs> and then not only, not only do you cheat, but you suck at it because we go three and seven. <laughs> three and seven while cheating, okay? And... Just when you think it doesn't get any worse, it comes out that coaches were handing out money to players in McDonald's bags. I'm I'm just <laughs> I'm just glad they kept it classy because, you know, why can't we have done it with Chick Fil A bags or something like that? Something good, like something, you know, it uh, it's just beyond me. I I mean I, I I don't even know where to. I hope it's not true, but you know, no in Tennessee, I know they've adamantly denied it. They say is completely not true, but you know, I don't think it's ever gonna unless it comes out in the investigation papers where lawyers actually said it was true. Um, I don't think it's ever gonna be uh, admitted by the university that that this was happening. Uh, I think it's it'd be way too embarrassing. I mean, McDonald's as if our rivals don't need enough ammo to make fun of us. Good lord. Yeah. I would hate to be the come get your McBundles of cash. I, I would hate to be that five star crew that you know goes home, opens his bag, and it's an actual quarter pounder or something. He got the wrong bag. I mean, good yeah. lord! So you meant to give that to Cheney? Uh, yeah. Oh yeah. They. They. I, you know what? Someone had to eat the food for put the money in the bag. It wouldn't doubt it. I wouldn't doubt it. I would not put it past I Cheney. Wanna, I just want to know who was the guy that went to McDonald's that picked up all these bags. Oh god! It, it probably was Cheney. <laughs> <laughs> it had to be Cheney. 
so not anyway. Not only are we on a head coaching search, we are also it's Tennessee, so we gotta have another athletic director too. Philip Fulmer <laughs> Philip Fulmer steps down as athletic director. He, after three years as AD, he's going to stay in the position until a new AD is hired, which I think is pretty cool. Um, you know, I've heard that he's reached out to John Gilbert over at ECU, uh, mainly because I think Rick Barnes is a big fan of his. So mm-hmm. tell us about your thoughts on that, Chase. Is that a, you know, is that a good idea? You think he'd be a good fit over here in Knoxville? Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't have any, I'm not an athletic director expert by any means, but I've done a, a few research uh, or a, a couple of research on a couple of candidates, and it seems like John Gilbert was seems like one of the first candidates that we had reached out to uh, this past week and weekend. Um, sounds like Rick Barnes, like you said, is a, is a big fan of his, and I think he was the assistant athletic director for basketball uh, when Rick Barnes was first hired. I know he gave a, a glowing review on him whenever uh, ECU hired him. I think Rick Barnes had some quote put in. Uh, with the ECU program that he was just fantastic and he was great to work with. So um, it sounds like he's definitely either 1A or 1B option. Uh, I know there's another um, athletic director in Mark Ingram. Um, I know most of you are thinking about the uh, Heisman, Alabama Crimson Tide Heisman running back, but that is not the, not the case here. This is a former Tennessee alum. Uh, worked all over the SEC in uh, high-level administration, athletic departments, and um, uh, he played with uh, Peyton Manning back in the day. So I think he's definitely one of the options that we're going to have. And and I, I mean, as far as it go, as far as what we've seen, I think those are the two main options as of right now. Um, whether those guys want to come in and hire a head coach right away with a with an investigation on their back is is something we'll have to have to see on. Yeah, you know, and it, it sounds like they're trying to get somebody with Tennessee ties, you know, whether it be growing up here or, you you know, an alum, anything. So, you know, that, that's pretty cool that they're trying to keep it in-house like that. And going back to what, what Fulmer was doing prior to, to his resignation and prior to the COVID year, whenever, um, you know, we, we weren't losing millions of dollars. Uh, back to the renovations, I think both of these guys have lots of renovation experience with, with facilities and things like that, so... Um, that's why I think most of them are, are, um, highly regarded from, from other programs. And that's a big, big deal too, because we got that huge renovation project on Neyland coming up and Lord knows we need it because, you know, it's looking rough a little bit over there on the riverside. So yeah, hopefully we can get something going to go in there with that. And I heard that Fulmer, you know, maybe going into an advisory role. We don't know if he's going to kind of hang around there, but uh, he did mention in his conference that he wants the new AD to be the one to hire the new head coach. And he mentioned, you know, articles from insiders are mentioning that Peyton Manning is going to be involved in the search for the head coach. So uh, I, I like that idea. You know, I, I think, you know, Manning loves UT. Obviously he bleeds orange, but he, he knows how to win football and he knows what a winning football coach looks like. So, I don't hate that idea. Yeah, yeah I mean, I, I assume he's been involved in some other uh, head coaching hires in the past in some capacity, but um, with his name actually being on it with, with multiple sources saying that he was going to be involved, I think I think it can only be a, a good option for us as, as long as, you know, um, it turns out different than this past, past time. 
for sure. <laughs> right. And, you know, if he keeps donating money, they're going to let him have his opinion on anything down yeah. there. And from what we're hearing, Fulmer has no ties to, you know, this investigation whatsoever. So, you know, his hands are clean in, in that regard. Yeah. It, you know, Philip Fulmer is such a beloved figure within the, within, you know, the University of Tennessee. That's kind of hard to see him go out like this with, you know, someone that he hired as a head coach when his, he first started as the athletic director um, coming into what we thought would be save the program. But, you know, sending him out with an investigation looming over and then um, him having to stay until a new athletic director is hired and him not getting to, you know, see the fruits of his labor, so to speak. Um, you know, he, you know, he's done a lot of, a lot of good things and fundraising and, and definitely trying to get the, the facilities upgraded. Uh, I think he's done a lot of good things, but for the most part, I think most of, most of his tenure is going to be remembered by the investigation and his, his failed hire and prove it. Yeah. Unfortunately, you know, and, and it, it's cool that he's stepping down. He realizes it's time. And he said, you know, he was doing this short term. He was just trying to do whatever he could to bring football back. Just unfortunate that it pelled out the way it did. And, you know, him and Chancellor, him and the Chancellor mentioned that the Pruitt won't have to have a buyout. So they were able to fire him with just cause. And Pruitt's going down swinging. You know, he, he lawyered up. His attorneys mentioned that they're going to fight with UT on the buyout. And, you know, usually usually this stuff ends up UT paying a little bit of money, but not as much as the buyout would, you know, offer. So what are your kind of, what are your thoughts on that? You know, it's, it just, it kind of sucks for Vol Nation because we want to move on from Pruitt. We want to get going, we want to get things moving. And honestly, as a fan, I'm so sick of paying buyouts. So, you know, do, do you think, do you, are you kind of along the same lines? Do you think, they're going to have to yeah. pay some type of settlement or something like that. Yeah. I feel like there's definitely with his, with his name, it not being directly involved in, in a lot of the, the investigation and, you know, just his oversight was, was cited as cause that, you know, people that reported directly to him were the, were the cause of, of the investigation to begin with. So I think there's going to be some kind of settlement um, done with UT, but I think it's going to be a long drawn out process. And, you know, we just got done finishing Butch's, um, buyout, and then he's now the head coach over at Arkansas State, so we don't have to pay him any longer. Um, so yeah, I mean it's just a, a long list of buyouts that we've had to that we've had to pay out, in which we we could be definitely be using that money for for a lot of other things that we need. Yeah, you're exactly right, and you know hopefully we can just get that worked out and move on because we need all things positive. I will say I'm glad that. We finally have an answer. You know, in the last episode I mentioned, I'm just sick of being in limbo. Is he fired? Is he not? Should we move on? Should we give him another chance? You know, if he were to come back, let's be honest, he would be fighting an uphill battle the rest of his career. Yeah, no, no fan support, no, I mean, broken relationships within the program. So, yeah, yeah, I think it's, I think, I mean, in the long run, it's definitely going to be the best decision. I know we're going to hit rock bottom, it seems like, with, um, with just being kind of an embarrassment, just like we were in 2017, 2018. And you know revenue took a hit this year with COVID. It's going to be real hard to sell tickets next season if Jeremy Pruitt's trotting out there. Yeah. Let's just be honest. Yeah, and for sure. And, you know, yeah, it, it's just not a good thing. 
Now, yeah. the hot board slash coaching search. So Chancellor Plowman also mentioned that in the interview today that she hired you know, a search firm for the new AD so that they can get a head start on the head coach. We're hearing, we mentioned earlier that Peyton's helping with the search, but, you know, in in your opinion, you know, in my opinion as well, we've got some tier one candidates that we want. Uh, I'll, I'll mention a few and we'll kind of, we'll kind of have some fun with it. So Gus Malzahn to me is a tier one type guy. I do think it's a long shot now that Kevin Steele is back here on campus because, you know, there's been rumors that he wanted the head job at Auburn whenever he left. So I I think that automatically rules Gus Malzahn out coming to Tennessee, but let's face it, we're at the bottom of the SEC right now. You know, we were a lower-tier team in the SEC. Gus was averaging, you know, eight wins over at Auburn. I, I think he would be a great stepping stone in the right direction. He's a good recruiter. His offense has life. My gosh, I can't remember seeing Tennessee offense having life. And, yeah. you know, and he was fired at Auburn, but – I just I think that would be a great stepping stone. I'm not saying I want him here for long term. You know, if he does, if we get him and he does well, by all means, stay as long as you want. But I definitely think he would help turn this program and steer it in the right direction to you know at least contend for eight wins each season. What are your thoughts on Gus? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think Gus is one of the one of the better options that we have. He has you know, like you said, terrific recruiting ties into the South and in states that we definitely need to be in. Uh, with the huge 2022 recruiting class uh, that we need to be big time in state. Uh, I mean, he checks all the boxes with experience, with, you know, relationships within recruiting, with uh, with high school head coaches, with, with other coaches within the within the NCAA that he can get to come to our staff. Uh, yeah, I mean, he checks every box, essentially. I mean, he's beat uh, Nick Saban three times, which no other coach has really done, I don't think. Um He's just one of the few that have beat him more than once. Um, you know, he's went to a national championship. He's, you know, I mean, he's about as consistent as you get, and that's something that we lack is consistency. So um, he's definitely up there with one of the top, you know, two or three coaches that we could that we could potentially get. Yeah, I'm just not a fan of his little sweater vest that he wore at Auburn. So yeah. hopefully, if he comes, may to, have to change it. So hopefully, yeah, his little visor. Yeah. So hopefully, if he comes to Tennessee, <laughs> he'll you know have a better wardrobe. So wardrobe change, yeah, exactly. But I think the Gus bus would be awesome in Neyland. I, yeah. I think it would definitely take a step forward, and we have potential. You know, we'll get to our roster in a minute, but we have offensive potential to have the Gus bus succeed. That's for dang sure. So yeah. another one that people are talking about is Tom Herman. So he got fired over at Texas. He was the head coach there. Another, you know, he's a young dude, and he actually had a decent record over there at Texas, yeah. and he is a very good recruiter as well. Uh, for some, for whatever reason, I could not shake the memory off of Tom Herman whenever he was making fun of Drew Locke in that bowl game, you know, putting on that <laughs> jacket. But, you know, I, I, right now – he sounds pretty dang good, you know, over here in Rocky Top. What do you think? Yeah, he's very similar to Gus. He's, you know, I think three years ago, whenever he started at Texas, he was one of the one of the hottest names coming out of the coaching searching uh, from Houston and um, former Ohio State offensive coordinator. So he's an offensive mind that's that's similar to Gus, in which he's had 
you know, consistent runs at Texas. He's just never really got over that hump, uh, it seems like. So, you know, beating the big teams in the, in the Big 12 and in Oklahoma and all those teams over there. So I think he's definitely a good option. He's one of our best options like Gus. And, and uh, I mean, there definitely needs to – we definitely need to kick the tires on that one, see if see if he's interested. And if, and if not, then, you know, move on. Yeah, you know, and, and Gus, you know – my only concern with Gus is he lost to a really bad Tennessee team at home a couple of years ago. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, he didn't have the best game against him this year either. So. No, no, he didn't. So, but yeah, Tom, Tom Herman's another one to watch out for. I think he would, you know, again, I'm not saying I want him long term, but at this point, I, I just want to compete in the East, and I think you know he could he could definitely do that along with Gus. Another big yeah. name that everybody is buzzing about. Even the rock at Rocky Top is Hugh Freeze, yep. the head coach at Liberty. Um, he obviously everybody knows who Hugh Freeze is. I, no, my personal opinion, I would love Hugh Freeze. I, I would love for him to come to UT. I think he is a wonderful recruiter. I think he has a wonderful offensive mindset. I just the th- the whole thing at Ole Miss and the investigation. I'm not holding a grudge, but I think the Tennessee administration will. I just don't see them going from this violation hurricane to Hugh Freeze, who got fired on violations. So that's what I think the administration is thinking, but mm-hmm. I, I would love to have Hugh Freeze dress up in orange. What do you think about Freeze? Yeah, Hugh Freeze is definitely one of the most uh, most brought up options that we have. And I mean, national media, I mean, he's one of the, one of the hottest names like Tom Herman was three years ago. And, it um, seems like everybody wants him, but nobody's really gone after him due to his due to his prior uh, investigations at at Ole Miss. Um, you know, coming off the investigation that we're currently in, I don't know if that's the route that we would go. It seems like it's it's def- it seems like it's not going to be the route that we go. But um, yeah, I mean, he's definitely a, a hot name that you know, I think everybody here would, would really like he's He's in a similar situation as like Lane Kiffin, uh, just some baggage and, and, you know, past, uh, failures and, and, you know, investigations that, you know, maybe we don't want to get into at this time. Yeah. And you know, it is unfortunate because I think he would be a perfect fit right now yeah. if it wasn't for that investigation. But and it also, I mean, you you can make the argument if it wasn't for the investigation, he'd still be killing it at Ole Miss, you know. So, yeah, it, that's very true. It, it is what it is. I, I, th- I do forgive the guy. You know, I think he would be wonderful. You know, if if he got back to the Power Five level. So. Yeah, I mean, everybody deserves a second chance. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, he he messed up, and it seems like he's he's been doing some some really good things up at Liberty, and I mean, he of course he had a terrific year this year, and. I mean, his, his offenses are just so creative and, and, and fun to watch, which would which would just be a joy for, for us Tennessee fans at this point. And I think a lot of times whenever stuff like that happens, it humbles them a little bit. And I honestly think people like that can yeah. learn from it. And you're seeing that with him. You know, all that happened, and he's winning at Liberty, guys. Like, winning at yeah. Liberty. So that that's definitely one that, you know, the fans want. I would love to have him. So you freeze if you're listening. We forgive you as fans, but <laughs> yeah, I think it would be. It's definitely the the fan favorite as of right now. I mean, everybody yep. wants freeze. I mean, yep. you know, r- right now with the, with the weather being in in winter, everybody's saying it's freezing outside. So, 
uh, hiring you know, you know, making those making those yeah punny jokes and and things like that. I think he's definitely the fan favorite, and I think he would bring a lot of a lot of life and energy to the program. No, you're exactly right. I'm I'm with you. I'm with you on that. So another coach that is getting a lot of buzz and momentum in the college football world is Matt Campbell over at Iowa State. This dude, I think you can make the argument that he is probably the best coach out of all these guys. Yeah, dude can coach. He can coach. He is doing really good things at Iowa State. He, I feel like every time I'm watching, you know, every Saturday in the fall, whenever I'm watching highlights, I feel like Iowa State's always on there upsetting somebody. Mm. You know, he's he's upset multiple big schools. You know, the dude can coach, but I, I kind of, you know, every every coach on here has a pro and a con. I feel like he doesn't want to come down here to the south. I feel like he's kind of waiting on a Michigan, something like that. Um, you know, what what do you think? You kind of, I think you're in the same boat as us, you know, yeah. thinking that. But, you know, what are, what are your thoughts yeah. on Campbell? Yeah, from what it sounds like, it sounds like we'd have to bake or back the truck up to him and, and just, you know, write him a blank check and tell him to write it out himself to even get close to to being in the same room with him to, to get him over here. So I, d- I don't know if he's that realistic of an option, especially with an investigation going on. I, I mean, he's he's one of the best options, if not the best. Um, like you said, he's I think he's a Big 12 big-time program or a Big Ten kind of guy. Mm-hmm. So maybe an NFL job eventually, but um, definitely one of our best options, but I think one of the least likely. Yeah, and, you know, that that's an option that Tennessee could have if they want. You know, they they could go over to his house and say, listen, you're making, what, three, three and a half million a year? Check. Yeah, we can, we can double that sucker for you if you come on down to Knoxville. But then, yeah. you know – if I were a coach, would I want to come to Knoxville with this toxicity yeah. that's going on? Do assistants want to come help you out? You know, it's it's just a mess right now, which is all the more reason we need to get this done fast so we can just move forward with our lives and just leave the McDonald's yeah. bags in the background. So, <laughs> yeah, kind of some tier two coaches. We'll kind of start with Doug Marone. So he's from the NFL. He got fired from the Jacksonville Jaguars. He was their head coach. You know, he's got some Tennessee ties. NFL coaches, I don't know why. I, I know you can make the argument with Saban, but Saban's like a one-in-millennia type coach. But NFL yeah. coaches just worry me coming to the college level because, I, I don't know, it just seems like they don't have that fire and that drive and do they want to go recruit. And NFL is different than college. You know, it's a completely different game, I think. So, you know, mm-hmm. it, that that worries me the most. So, and you know, the Jaguars were nothing special this year. <laughs> so, what are your yeah. what are your thoughts on Marone? Go ahead. Yeah, not only that, but he's he's rumored to be a pretty serious candidate for the uh, Alabama offensive line mm-hmm. uh, coaching position. It sounds like that deal could get done uh, any day now. Um, so, it sounds like he's he's quickly falling off as one of our what was thought to be uh, prior prior to uh, Pruitt getting fired was one of our leading options at the time. So I think that that one's kind of falling off at the, at this moment. And uh, yeah, I mean, I just, like you said, I mean, NFL hires are not super, um, super flattering for me. I mean, I don't, they don't really get me excited because they're not, you know, they get off time, but it seems like NCAA coaches are just, you know, they're on the road recruiting and in, in the off season. So you don't know if, you don't know if they're going to come in and have that grind like, 
like the typical college coach. Yeah, and you know, I think with Fulmer stepping down too, that pretty much confirms yeah. that that Maroon's not going to be coming because I think Fulmer was really the only one really pushing him at the time. So, but with him gone and a new AD coming in, and it sounds like Saban's going to try and get him as fast as possible. So, but you know, yeah. if Saban wants you, you can coach. So, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, he's what is the rehab of college or of 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 worn down coaches is kind of what he does in, in his spare time now. Oh yeah, you see all the Roll Tide fans shouting "Built by Bama." So, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> Another coach we yeah. Go ahead. I'm sorry. You got something else on him? No, no. Okay, cool. You go to the next one. So, good. next coach, the Raging Cajuns, I believe, of Louisiana. Yeah, buddy. Billy Napier, who also has Tennessee ties, if I'm not mistaken. So, this dude has a pretty dang impressive record at Louisiana. I didn't say LSU. I said Louisiana. <laughs> so, he's got a really good record. Obviously, he can coach. And their team looked pretty fun. I saw them play, you know, a nobody yeah. team, but... You know, he had some life to his team. His players really played for him on the field. They looked excited. You know, they were high-fiving on the sidelines, so he brings a lot of energy. And I heard the guy can really recruit, too. So what are your thoughts on Napier, Chase? Yeah, Napier is, you know, in Vegas right now, he's the, he's the betting favorite for to be our next head coach. Um, I find that kind of hard to believe in some – just because it sounded like he was he was really involved in the uh, Auburn head coaching search, in which it sounded like he may have turned it down, even like he was offered the position and Andy turned it down. So um, it it kind of baffles me that he would be wanting to come to this position with all that's going on. So mm-hmm. I'm not sure how much stock I would put in, um, especially with him turning down other SEC positions and, and other higher profile positions as well. So. Like you said, I mean, he's a terrific coach, terrific recruiter. If we can get him, I think we should go after him. He he checks most of the boxes except for, you know, big-time Power 5 head coach. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think, you know, he's up there with the top, you know, three or four options we have. Yeah, and I've also heard some things that he might be waiting out, you know, for, for Florida, you know, if Dan Mullen decides to leave and go to the NFL, God please. Or if, you know, <laughs> LSU or something happens to Coach O or if they decide to part ways. So, mm-hmm. you know, it, it sounds like he wants to stay closer to that region. But, yeah, you know, I think he would be a pretty good shot. Especially, you, you know, I'm very skeptical on up-and-comers. But Napier is one of them that, you know, looks a little promising the most. So, yeah. Kevin Still is another one that they're mentioning. You know, I, I feel like it's kind of – I feel like if everybody turns the job down like they did last year – uh, they're going to try and wait and see how Steele does. You know, ho- hopefully it won't drag out into the season. Good Lord. But uh, I feel like Kevin Steele will definitely be on the back burner, you know, and if for whatever reason they hire one of these coaches and they don't work out or they bolt like Kevin did, they, they may try and give Steele a chance. You know, he, he's got Tennessee ties here. He played under majors. So what do you think about Steele possibly getting a shot at it? Yeah, if you remember back in 2018, whenever we were hiring, or 2017, 2018, whenever Pruitt was hired initially, um, Kevin Steele was one of the options that we were seriously considering at the time. Yep. So um, it's not our first time uh, really wanting him as a as a either a position coach or a coordinator or the head coach. So I think he's definitely going to get some serious consideration. Um, do I think he would be the best hire? No. 
Um, has he been a s- superb defensive coordinator at Auburn? Yeah, he has. So I think he brings a lot to the table, and I think he's – I mean, if, if all other options kind of fall through, I mean, he's a, he's a good backup plan, I think. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. I mean, it was – you know, you hit the nail on the head with previously where – he was one of the candidates. It was him, you know, Mel Tucker from Georgia, and then Pruitt, who eventually mm-hmm. got it. So. Pruitt. But, yeah. All of them defensive guys, so it's kind of crazy how, how times have changed. Yeah, it, it really is. And Neil Brown is another one uh, from West Virginia. So uh, not not a lot of people know about Neil Brown because, honestly, he hasn't been at West Virginia too long because wasn't it Dana Holgerson there for a little mm-hmm. bit, and then he left and went to Houston. So Neil Brown, yeah. you know – I guess he's got to be winning there. I don't know much about West Virginia football, but, you know, what are your thoughts on Neil Brown possibly coming to the Big Orange? Yeah, Neil Brown's one of the ones that we, you know, we've kind of heard of, but uh, I'm not sure how big of a a realistic option he would be. Like I said, we don't really know much about him. I know he came from a, a, a group of five team prior to West Virginia, but I know he had a lot of success. He's He's similar to a, a Billy Napier when he was when he was coming up and you know he was a, a big target for a lot of I wouldn't say big time power five jobs but he was you know the West Virginia level tier um kind of coach and I, I mean he's done a, he's done a good job there at West Virginia he's an offensive guy so um definitely give him some consideration I think yeah and I mean at this point we need all the offensive help we can get so yeah. Neil Brown's another one to watch for. Luke Fickle is a name that's kind of been out there as well out of Cincinnati. You know, Cincinnati looked legit this year. I think Desmond Howard, he says a lot of things, but he had them in the playoff, you know, preseason. So They were close. They were close. And honestly, they they should have. I hate saying should have in college football, but they very well could have beaten Georgia in that bowl game. You know, that – yeah. They they looked pretty good, man. They they looked really physical. They played with a lot of energy. I think he's a very disciplined coach. So what do you think about Fickle possibly coming? Yeah, Fickle's one of my favorite options. Um he's kind of similar to Matt Campbell, not in the fact that he's um you know, a proven big time head coach, but he's he's one of the guys that we think that could be a, a lifer in the Big Ten, waiting for one of the big jobs to open up there. Um, I don't know if he really wants to come down south, but he's one of the better options. His defenses uh, have always been really, really, really good. Uh, even at Cincinnati, he's, he's, you know, one of the top defenses. I also have one of the top offensive this offenses this year. Um, I think he's one of the one of the best options we have, and and I think we should definitely go after him if we can. The only bad thing about Fickle is he's from Cincinnati, and the last coach we hired from Cincinnati. <laughs> I forgot his name, but he said five-star heart a lot. And five-star Champions hearts. Alive and Brick by Brick. Yeah. And, oh, gosh. So, Are you sure it wasn't him that gave out the McDonald's bags? <laughs> it probably was. Sounds like something he would have done. <laughs> you make love in this place, huh? Oh, my gosh. So, fit- it just sounds like you would have some, some kind of punchline with McDonald's. So Cincinnati has cursed us with their previous yeah. coach. So if Luke Fickle comes, you know, hopefully he won't walk in here and say brick by brick because everybody will leave. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, another one, this is actually a recent, you know, coach that's been thrown out there is Tony Elliott. So he is the current offensive coordinator at Clemson. And if you know anything about Clemson this year, I mean, yeah, they got beat in the playoffs, but they made it to the playoffs and their offense looked really good. 
and you know th- that could just be a recruiting thing. You know they had Trevor Lawrence back there. They had all these receivers, Amari Rogers. So it, it could have been just a loaded offense. But you know they also had some good play calls, and he was responsible for that. So what do you think of Tony Elliott? Yeah, I think Clemson's coordinators, uh, Brett Venables and Tony Elliott, have been mentioned for every single job out there. Just right. I think simply just because of their their ties to Clemson and, and just the su- success that they've had for the last, uh, yeah, I don't know, 10 years, seven, eight, nine, ten 10 years. So I think they're going to get mentioned for every high profile power five job. And, and eventually one of them's going to leave. And, um, you know, Tony Elliott's one of those guys that I think could come in and um, come in and, you know, do well, but I don't know if the, the coordinator, ro- the coordinator, uh, option is the way that we're going to go. I think they're definitely wanting someone with with big time head coaching experience and um, not one of the up and comers that we've, you know, that we've previously had for the last, you know, twelve years or so after Fulmer. That's my biggest thing. You know, it, it's one thing to hire an up and comer that's a head coach, but it's another thing to hire an up and comer that's a coordinator. You know, it, it, it's it's scary, yeah. honestly. And let's face it, the ACC was very weak this year, very weak, mm-hmm. and it, that's one thing that kind of worries me. So, uh, another hot name that's out there is Jamie Chadwell. So this guy is from Coastal Carolina. He, I th- I'm pretty sure he won National Coach of the Year last year. So yeah, he did. The dude, the dude can coach. He can win. I think they lost to Liberty, to Hugh Freeze, mm-hmm. you know, in the bowl game. But you know, the, they looked pretty legit. He's a really young guy. He's also got Tennessee ties. I think he's from Chattanooga. So you know, he's from East Tennessee. I'm not exactly sure where, but yeah, definitely is from East Tennessee. Yeah, somewhere in East Tennessee. And you know, he's a young dude, and he's got a lot of ties. And I think he's a pretty good recruiter too. So. What do you what do you think about Chadwell from Coastal Carolina? Yeah, I mean you gotta you gotta do something right to win at Coastal. Um, especially I think they just started that program not too long ago, within the last five or six years or so. So I mean he's got he's got some good talent there and you know, players are playing hard. Um you know, he has he he's had quite a bit of head coaching experience, but it's all been a lower level uh, group of five teams, so um he is definitely one of the hottest names, if not the hottest behind Hugh Freeze, um, you know, it could be one of those one-year wonders. I, I, I'd like to revisit this conversation in like you know five years from now to see how he's doing it, right? Uh, at Coastal, or if he moves on to a to a Power Five lower-level position, I think, I think it'd be worth it to to revisit the conversation uh, then, and then um, kind of go with a more stable option right now. And that's what's so scary about these smaller programs that just run the table. You know, were they just loaded? Did they have one good player? Was the rest of the conference weak? You you know, you really never know because I don't follow Coastal Carolina's schedule at all. I don't know their roster. I couldn't even tell you a player on their team. But, you know, Chadwell's winning there. And I'm pretty sure South Carolina tried to reach out to him too, you know, whenever they were looking for a head coaching job. So, but definitely a name to get out there. He's a really young dude. I think he'd be able to recruit pretty well here in Tennessee. And, uh, you know, definitely another up-and-comer to watch for. So another guy we got is Bill Clark from UAB. I'm not going to lie. I I, I don't even know who this is. I I don't know Bill Clark. (laughs) Why don't you tell me who he is? Has he done good things at UAB? Uh, What do we got about Bill Clark? 
Yeah, Bill Clark is, um, you know, he's not a young guy. He wouldn't he wouldn't excite most of the fan base. Um, I mean, I could go on and on about the things that he probably wouldn't do, but one thing that he can do is he can coach. And that's definitely somebody that we need that, that can come in and, you know, coach up the players that we have and, and the players that want to be here. Um, that's somebody that we definitely need. So Bill Clark is... I think he's he's in his early 50s or something like that. He's mm-hmm. I mean, he's been super stable at UAB and he's just he's just one of those guys that you you're never going to have any problems out of him. Um all the players are going to buy into the buy into him and you know, they're going to play as hard as they can for him. Um he took one of the the UAB program from, you know, I think they were they were going to just completely dissolve the the football program as a whole. Then he came in and, and was trying to get it started back again, and then um, it finally did. And you know he's he's winning a lot more games than we are. Let's just say that for sure. <laughs> Don't think much. So, yeah. But yeah, and you know the way you describe him, he kind of reminds me of Indiana's head coach right now, Tom. Yeah, Tom Allen. Yeah, yeah. Tom Allen. So and that dude, you know, I don't think Indiana has much talent. I mean, at least they didn't last year. I couldn't name a player, you know, other than Peyton. Ramsey, just because we played him in the bowl game and he was named after Peyton Manning, but yeah. you know, you know, uh, and I think they got is Penix there now? Is he with Indiana now? Mm-hmm. The only reason I don't yeah, know I that. So, so Michael Penix is a quarterback that was gonna come to Tennessee, but he ended up going. We to, told him to kick rocks. Yeah, we told him no thanks. We got Jared Garantano, the future Heisman winner, <laughs> and and he's been lighting it up over at Indiana. You know, it's making our yeah he was, coaching staff look bad, but. He he did really good against yeah. Ohio State. Really good. Yeah, he had him within a touchdown of winning. So, um, yeah, it's just he's Bill Clark and and Tom Allen definitely have some major similarities. And and you know most people probably if you just like you whenever I mentioned Tom Allen and and Bill Clark you were like mm, who's that? Yeah. But um, yeah, I mean they're they're super good coaches. It sounds like they're super good, just super good dudes. So. Yeah, they're not going to be the flashy hire. They're not going to be the the guys that excite the fan base. But I think that even if we didn't recruit in the top, you know, fifteen or so, like we have been doing, obviously that doesn't work either. So, um, you know, if if they were to come in and and kind of build some stability back, I think I think that would be a a good hire. Yeah, and Tom Allen's breaking records over in Indiana because Indiana's not known for football guys. So nope. they're doing pretty dang good over there. Uh, another guy that's been brought up, uh, I say brought up, but really he's only expressed one-way interest in the job, is good old Jeff Fisher. So this guy, you know, everybody knows who Jeff Fisher is. Longtime coach in the NFL. He's probably most well-known for coaching the Titans. Golly, I, I don't want this guy. You know, I, I think he's a good coach. <laughs> I'm just going to be blunt. I don't want him. I think he's a good coach, but – I, I just don't see it fitting. I, I just, mm. it's just, it's almost like he's bored and he wants something to do. And he's like, Hey, hit me up. Yeah. But I, that's just the vibe I get from it. And, you know, I'm not saying he's a bad guy or a bad coach. He is a good coach. But uh, again, I just, I'm really skeptical about NFL coaches. What do you think about Jeff Fisher, Chase? Yeah. Jeff's one of those guys that I think for him to be, anywhere successful or anything he would just have to come in and be that ceo of the program where he would just hire those coordinators 
he would hire his coaching staff and he would just let them do everything and him just be the game manager. Um, and that's it. Like, I don't, I don't think, you know, most of these players that were recruiting now, the last time Jeff Fisher was a head coach was, you know, they were real small. So, you know, most people, I'm sure they've heard of Jeff Fisher, but they, you know, he's, he hasn't been a head coach in years. Um, like you said, I think he's just trying to get his name out there to try to get some more relevance at some point. So, yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, he's definitely last on my list of, of potential candidates. It's just hard for me to see this dude go in and recruit. Like, I, I, I literally can't picture it at all. I can't picture him no. hitting the recruiting trail, competing against Kirby and Saban and Mullen. Like, I just don't see no. it. I mean, God, like, and how old is – I mean, he's he's getting up there in age. You know, I thought he was old. He's got to be sixties, probably fifties or sixties. I mean, I thought he was old, like back in you know in the two thousands. I mean, golly, (laughs) but but I mean, in you know in the press conference they mentioned that they want to hire a guy, you know, for at least ten years. Of course, that's the goal. But I don't even if Jeff Fisher makes. You don't have that many years left. Yeah, I might not be saying that, but you know what I mean. Like I just I don't see him coaching, you know, for ten years, even if it's a success here at Tennessee. I just don't. Yep. I, I don't know. Not even in a dream world can I see Fisher having success no. here. But that's just my opinion. I might be wrong. I'll eat crow if I am, but who knows? <laughs> Our next guy is good old Lane Kiffin, head coach at Ole Miss. Lane Train. The Lane Train and. This one is, I think he's a really good coach. I think the whole thing at Tennessee and, you know, failing over at USC, I think it humbled him a little bit. I'm not going to lie. And he, he grew as a person, I think. I think he became a better head coach because of it. He did some really good things over, you know, for the Owls at Florida Atlantic. So I think – you know, I don't hate the idea. I would welcome Lane Kiffin back with open arms. I think he is an excellent recruiter. I think he's got a wonderful offensive mindset. What do you think of the Lane train coming back full circle to Knoxville? <laughs> I don't think there would be uh, – nobody would be burning any couches or jerseys this time around, I don't think. Nope. Uh, I think he's you – know, like we said with a few other candidates, he's one of the best options we have. With the, with the completely new athletic department, new chancellor, new president of the university, I, you know, I don't know how much bad blood there, there would be there. I don't even know if they would even, you know, revisit the, you know, even revisit his name to, to potentially hire. Um, is he worth gauging interest? Of course he is. He's one of the, the hottest names coming out. Yep. Um, you know, I don't think he's going to be a Ole Miss any longer than he has to be. I think he's going to be waiting for that next big time position, whether it's you know here in the SEC or Big Twelve, Big Ten, Pac twelve. I think the next big job, um, he's definitely going to be in the, in the hunt for. No, I couldn't agree more. I'm pretty sure he's using Ole Miss as a stepping stone, and people, yeah. you know, I've seen some comments on there saying, you know, if he leaves Ole Miss, he's doing the same thing at UT. Yeah, the exact same thing. Yeah, yeah and you know. I, I get what you're saying, I do, but I, I do think it's different this time around. And, you know, especially if he comes to UT because it's the school that he originally <laughs> left for. But, you know, I, I think he would – here's my thing. I want to hire a coach that is going to scare our opponents and scare and worry our rivals. I'm pretty dang sure if we hired Kiffin, 
Georgia would be worried. Florida would be worried. Maybe not immediately, but I'm pretty sure they'd be worried at first. So Kiffin, you know, I think would be awesome. So, of course, I'm not saying it's the most likely. We're going to get to that in a minute. But I, I, I would love Kiffin to come to Knoxville. So with yeah. with that, so with all these coaches that we brought up and mentioned, what are we – let's do two things. One, in your opinion, who do you want to come to Knoxville? And two, who do you think the administration is going to hire? So let's go with opinions first. Who you got at number one? Who do you want to come? The number one guy that I think most any program in the country would go after if, if he was – if he wanted to come to, would be Matt Campbell from Iowa State. He's just the all-around best head coach. He's you know he's been at high-level Big Twelve program, or he's he's turned it into a big high-level program, um, consistently in the top twenty-five, consistently getting to bowl games, consistently you know right up there and in, into the the Big Twelve championship game. Um, I mean, he checks literally every box. Uh, he hasn't been fired uh, like some of the other coaches that we're going after. Um, you know, I think he has a chip on his shoulder bringing, bringing Iowa State up, and uh, I think he deserves, you know, a shot at a big-time program, whether that's us or or any other program. Yeah, and, you know, I, I can't argue with that. I think he probably – I mean, if we're just talking about an X's and O's guy, you know, coaching, period, I can't argue that he's probably the best, you know, possible coach on here. So mm-hmm. my So my personal opinion – I'm going to cheat, okay? I, I can't make up my mind, but I have a three-way tie for who I would love <laughs> to come here. And it's mainly because I'm, I, if, if it were me, I would want a head coach, and I would want them to have SEC experience. So that kind of narrows it down to a few. And they're all long shots. I'm not saying this is going to happen, but this is my dream world. You know, this is who I would love to have. I would love to have Gus Malzahn. I would love to have Hugh Freeze. And I would love to have Lane Kiffin. They all have proven themselves as head coaches. You know, what Gus did at Auburn, what Freeze did at Ole Miss. And honestly, what Lane's done at Ole Miss in year one has been pretty dang good. They were not that good last year at all. Yeah, they didn't they didn't have much talent at all. No, and he has turned that, and he has turned that thing around and he had a real good first year, you know, back with us in Tennessee, you know, back in two thousand nine. Mm-hmm. So, you know, he, he's proven himself to me as a head coach. And in the SEC. So, you know, I, I'm I'm honestly getting sick of up-and-comers. We've been doing it for 12 years. And, you know, I mean, even not even talking head coaches, athletic directors. We've had five <laughs> athletic directors in the past 12 years. Good Lord. Yeah. I mean, I didn't know that was possible. But, hey, nothing surprises me with Big Orange. But, yeah, you know. It, Leave it up to us to change change the narrative around here. Exactly, yeah. But in my opinion, I would love to have Lane, Lane Kevin, Hugh Freeze, and Gus Malzahn. Of course, they're all long shots. It's probably not what's going to happen. And that's what brings me to this. So, Chase, who do you think this administration is going to go after? I think the two most likely candidates would be um, if Billy Napier doesn't turn us down just from the initial talks i think we'll we'll throw a lot of money at him to see if he would to see if he'll come uh, if not i think that i'm not sure of any of the higher profile guys i'm not sure if gus would come with with kevin Steele on the staff i don't, I don't know how that that relationship or that dynamic is is working right now um mm-hmm. so i i don't know if if he's the one 
I think uh, Jamie Chadwell from Coastal Carolina is one of the hottest names out there, and I think he's he's one of the guys that I think that we could get for you know relatively cheap. I don't I don't think that we're going to try to go cheap, but uh, I'm not sure how many of the higher profile guys are going to want to come in with potential you know postseason bans, fines, scholarship reductions, loss of camp days, all that kind of stuff. I don't know if a lot of the guys that are big time names are going to come into that. Yeah, and you know, I, I'm honestly so sick of up and comers. You know, yeah, I know. But me too. I'm not the one paying the money, but I, I'm so sick of up and comers just coming in for three, four years. They lose, they can't turn it around, they can't go over to the hump. I, I will say Butch was the closest to getting over the hump. His problem was he, he just he just he just he blew, was a salesman. He, he was a salesman, and he just blew it. I mean, those Florida losses. Like that ten to nine loss in Neyland, that that I still have nightmares about that, <laughs> and you know, and then yeah. and then the Hail Mary by Felipe Franks, and then you know the other one when we were at the swamp before that, where Antonio Callaway just goes off and Medley misses a field goal. I'm getting off track, but Butch Jones, you know, was so close to getting over the hunt, but man, that, that Oklahoma loss, you know, and I don't know how you beat Florida and Georgia in the same year. And then lose to South Carolina and Vanderbilt. I mean, how are you not in Atlanta yeah. after you beat those guys? But anyway, that that was Butch's downfall. So uh, back on track. If I had to pick who I think the administration is going to hire, unfortunately, I think it's going to be an up and comer. If it is, they better get it right because, I mean, my gosh, I don't I don't want to know because they haven't prior. Yeah, I mean, we've paid through so many buyouts, but I think. It, I, I'm, I'm with you on Billy Napier. I think they're going to really try and get him. Now, he's more than likely, in my opinion, going to turn it down because I think he's turned down some other head coaching jobs around there. I think he, I think Arkansas tried to get him or was rumored to, and he turned that down. So I, I don't think he will come here, but I think they're going to try and get him. And if I had to get a second, if he turned it down, I think they're going to go after Chadwell, honestly. I think they really will. He's got Tennessee connections. He's young. He can recruit. National Coach of the Year. He's doing really good at Coastal Carolina. I'm not saying he's the real deal. Again, this is just what, what I think the administration is going to go after. So, Yeah. Man. Yeah, with that being said, I mean, I wouldn't – I think we can, we can move on to the – just – what to expect going forward with the current roster and and kind of what we're expecting. I think just just quickly that we're going to be, you know, I would expect some some big time losses, some guys going to the transfer portal. We've already had, you know, one of our transfers, Big Cat. I forgot his last name, but it's a Big Cat Williams. That sounds Something right. Like that. Yeah, I'll give yeah. I'll give it to you from Auburn. Um, you know, he he had committed as a as a transfer portal guy, and now he's exploring other options. Um, so I would definitely expect further transfer portal guys from our current roster um guys that prove recruited and and uh just uh be in the loop on that because there's definitely going to be some guys coming in and that's why i think getting a coach in as soon as possible is crucial because let's face it most of these players are pl- are going to these schools for the coaches and what the coaches tell them on yeah. their recruiting visits these these five star recruits aren't going to Alabama because Tuscaloosa is a beautiful city, a beautiful town. Yeah. No, they're going to play for Saban because he puts people in the NFL. Yep. So, but yeah, and as far as our current roster, we got, or I'm not, I'm sorry, not current roster, but current commits. 
I think Jordan Mosley, the four-star wide receiver, decommitted. Now, he was a guy, he, I think he's from Alabama, and a, a lot of people didn't expect him to sign in the first place. So yeah. he might have been using this as an excuse to kind of confirm it, but regardless, he has decommitted. Any other recruiting news as far as that goes? I know Dylan Brooks, our top-rated recruit out of last year, you know, it's hard to decipher social media because, you know, it's like trying to figure out where the fountain of youth is at this point. But <laughs> I know he tweeted something and deleted it, you know, but any update on any other current commits or anything like that that we know of? Yeah, with Dylan Brooks, I think it was more of um, if we don't find a head coach soon that he's possibly going to ask out of his national letter of intent because he did sign uh, during early signing period. So, it would be up to Tennessee whether to uh, to let him out of that intent. So I think that if he decided to go that route, I don't think that Tennessee would stop him in, in, in releasing him from that. But I think there was another one, Kobe White from North Carolina. He decommitted, but we weren't expecting him to sign anyways. Um, yeah, other than Big Cat from the, the transfer portal that we got from Auburn. Um, haven't really heard much about Hendon Hooker, the guy we got from the quarterback we got from Virginia Tech. It sounds like he's still supposed to be coming, um, but haven't had a, a solid answer on that yet. You gotta have freeze with Hooker at quarterback. You got to. It's just <laughs> peanut butter and jelly. You got to. Yeah. So as far as our current roster, so not commits, but you know actual players on there. Um, I think Wanye Morris. We all know who he is. The five-star offensive tackle out of high school. You know, he, he had a little, little bit of an injury bug. And wasn't he the guy in the first game? He didn't have his name on his jersey. I'm pretty sure. But was he was used in that jumbo package as a <laughs> tight end. They called it the jumbo package or something like that, where they had like eight offensive linemen on the field at the same time. My goodness. But yeah, he was definitely one of those guys. But he missed a lot of time due to the virus. I know he's out for a lot of contact tracing for most of the most of the fall camp. So. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he's he's transferred over to Oklahoma and he's officially out. Yeah, so, he's gone. We wish him the best, man. Uh, we we don't blame you. You know, it's a mess right now. <laughs> but you yeah. know, good luck with the Sooners. We'll leave it at that. And somebody else. Oh, Austin Pope withdrew his name from the transfer portal. Yeah. And then Sean Schamberger. Yeah, so that's did a good. As well. Yeah. So those are really good options. Pope was out last year with uh, with an injury and. Um, put his name in the transfer portal, but now he is um, said that he is coming back. So that's a good option. He was he was really coming up. His we thought he was going to be for sure the the starter at tight end uh, for this year uh, before he got hurt. So it's good to have him back. Schamberger kind of had a you know an off year this year and and production wise, but um, you know experience in the SEC is is valuable, and I think he'll I think he'll definitely play next year for sure. Yeah, I mean, we have – I mean, we just started to use the tight ends, it seemed like, at the end of last year, yeah. and it seemed to be going pretty good. So yeah, maybe Pruitt was fighting for his life, letting Cheney do his thing. I don't know. But, you know, it was good to see some type of tight end production. So, Yeah, buddy. Well, that about wraps it up for us. Is there anything else, any closing comments or anything like that before we wrap this thing up? Yeah, I'm sure there's going to be some, some more news coming out. Uh, within the coming days and 
Uh, just be sure to check back, and I'm sure we're going to have another episode soon. Yeah, guys, these balls. these things change, you know, by the hour. So we're going to do our best to try and keep everybody updated on everything. But that's going to do it for this episode of the Rocky Top Times. Please be sure to check us out, you know, on social media. we got a Facebook page, The Rocky Top Times, and follow us on Twitter at Rocky Top Times 98. We're on a bunch of different podcast platforms. We're on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and more. So that's going to do it for this episode. As always, go balls.